We hope you enjoy this message from Expression Church of Huntington. If you believe that this morning, I want you to take about 30 seconds and I want you, they've, they've been doing it, you've been doing it from your hearts. Let's do it with our voice. Let's take about 30 seconds. And if he is everything to you, and you desire to see more of him, for him to unveil himself to us in ways we've never seen, the manifest presence of Almighty God. I want you to lift up your voice and lift up a praise right where you are. Just take about 30 seconds and just worship him. Lift up the voice. Let him hear what you're saying. Let it come from your heart. There you go. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, David, every one of those guys that I just named, Solomon, Joshua, Moses, some of the greatest men in the Bible that we study, learn their life, know everything about them that we can, every one of those guys I just mentioned desired to live in a time that you're alive in. Every one of them, every one of them could not experience, as well as we've studied them, as great as they were, patriarchs of the Old Testament, fathers in the faith, leaders of movements, representations of God, not one of them could live in the presence of what we're living in today. Oh, if that doesn't do something to you, yeah. Let's do this. Mike, real quickly, Zechariah chapter four. I want you to put that up on the screen if you don't mind. Verse one, I wanna read this as we're in this heart of worship and sensitivity to the spirit. Zechariah chapter four, verse one. Here we go. And the angel that talked with me came again and waked me as a man, here we go, that is awakened out of a sleep. And said unto me, what do you see? And I said, I have looked and behold a candlestick all of gold with a bowl upon top of it and seven lamps thereon and seven pipes to the seven lamps which are upon the top of them and two olive trees by it, one upon the right side of the bowl and the other upon the left side thereof. So I answered and spake to the angel and said, what are these mean, Lord? And the angels talked to me with answered and said to me, you don't know what they mean? Zechariah answers back and says, no, I don't know what they mean. Then he answered and spoke unto me saying, this is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel saying, not by might, nor by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Yeah. Yeah. 
that, that's beautiful in itself. But there's another verse. He says, not by might, not by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. Who are you? Who are you, O great mountains that come against? The, who are you, depression? Who are you, anxiety? Who are you, poverty? Who are you, racism? Oh, let's just call it. Who are you, sickness? Those are mountains that keep the, the people of the Lord from progressing in life. Who are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? Thou shalt become, listen to this, as a plain. And you shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings, crying. There it is. Grace, grace. The grace of God not only saves you, the grace of God empowers you. The grace of God gets rid of your sins, but it also propels you to move forward against every obstacle in your life. Not only individually, but in life. I don't know what vocation you're in. I don't know what profession you're in. I don't know where your steps have been ordered to go in, whether it be in education or health, science, whether it be in business and economy, technology, whether it be in family, arts and entertainment. I don't know, but I do know this. He has graced you for the steps that you've been ordered in. And you are living in a day today like no other. The Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and all the great patriarchs of the Old Testament look over the banisters of heaven, waving the banner going, go, 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 you go. It's not by your might, it's not by your power, it's by his spirit, saith the Lord. Say into those mountains, grace, grace. Encounter those mountains, saying grace, grace. And the people of God sit back sometimes and we're so timid because we're trying to figure it all out in our own heads and the Lord says, quit trying to figure it out. Don't try to figure it out. Let me, by the power of my spirit, take you into these places. I need you bold, I need you courageous. <laughs> oh, mountain of addiction, oh, mountain of poverty, mountain of division, mountain of, 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 of pornography, all of the mountains that are keeping us at bay. There's not gonna be another to take those mountains on, it's gonna be you and I. Yeah. It's gonna be the corporate, whole body of Christ. It's yeah. where we're living. Are you ready? Amen. For real. Are you, are you ready? Yeah. Ready or not, Amen. here we come. Awake, O sleeping child. And he woke us out of a sleep and our slumber and he said, what do you see? I don't know what I see. You won't have to have all the answers. He'll reveal them to you. What are those two witnesses there? What are those two olive trees? Oh, they're two witnesses that are talked about in the book of Revelation in our time. It's the apostolic and the prophetic working hand in hand with a message of power by his spirit cutting 
in and hewing into the mountains of life that are trying to get us crushed. Here we go. Are you ready to receive it? Yeah. High five somebody beside you, hug them, and then be seated, and we're gonna plow into this thing over the next 20 minutes. Don't go very far. Towards the end. I just feel a provoking spirit tonight, today. I just wanna provoke you and provoke us into a desire and a hunger and a thirst for a supernatural encounter, a manifest encounter, a real encounter with God, right? One that you see, you feel, you sense, you know. You don't have to wonder. Jacob said this, surely the Lord was in this house and I didn't even know it. I believe today, the Lord wants to be in the house and he wants you to know it. I believe that. You're gonna see things in 2020 that we're beginning to see already. We're gonna, you're gonna see things that you read about in the Bible that you thought maybe were just history points or references from the years gone by. But in reality, the Lord says that greater things that you shall do, these things that you see, is what he told the disciples, but greater things that you'll do. And I, I'm convinced that you're gonna do things, see things, experience things, be a part of things that are greater or as great as anything you have recorded or referenced in the scripture, right? He said, if you'd only believe, you'd see the glory of God. And we desire to see the glory of God. Amen. Aren't you glad? Put up um, John chapter 14, verse 21. Let's read this scripture first, and I'm gonna show you something, and then we're gonna pray today again. I feel that we're gonna worship and pray but I want to plow in some scripture here. Look at this. I think that's it. I think you had it. 1421. There it is. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that he has loved me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of the Father, and I will love him. Watch this. And I will what? Manifest myself to him. All right, here we go. Stay there just for a second. Stay with that same verse. He, back to 21 first. He that hath my commandments and keepeth my commandments. Now, here's the deal. In the old covenant, we had 10, and then, of course, they made several others after that one because we could keep the 10. In the old covenant, everything was thou shalt not. Jesus is referring to the new covenant Instead of thou shalt not, it is you will. Let me make a reference. When Adam was created in the garden, God gave him a wife. He gave him Eve. God put Adam in that garden. Eve partook of the fruit. Adam was not deceived, Timothy says, but the woman was. Because the woman was deceived, Adam, in rebellion, but because he loved that woman, 
went after that woman. He wasn't going to let her go down alone. So out of the garden, the garden became a grave. Death started entering into the world. But Jesus also, 4,000 years later, found himself in a place where not out of rebellion, but out of obedience, came and said, I'm going to partake of some fruit too. Adam was told not to eat of the fruit of the light, fruit of knowledge of good and evil. Jesus was told to eat of it. Adam, don't. Jesus said, I came too. Adam had a garden and turned it into a graveyard. Jesus had a graveyard and turned it into a garden. Jesus, or Adam, out of rebellion, but his love for his wife caused him to, to rebel and partake of the fruit. Jesus, out of obedience, caused him and his love for his bride, caused him to take of the fruit. Right? Jesus said this, in, Paul said this in Philippians, put on the mind of Christ. Right? What is the mind of Christ? Next verse. Because Jesus found it not robbery to be equal with God, made himself a servant and be humble. Found it not robbery to be equal with God. Now, if Eve was Adam's wife, and we are Jesus' wife, Jesus must find you equal with him. Right? If Jesus doesn't look at you as equal, you don't see yourself equal with Jesus. But Jesus sees you equal with him. You all believe that? I don't think we believe that. I still think we see Jesus. Uh oh. I can't be, I gotta be just underneath. Jesus made you equal with him. How do I know that? Because he said, don't be unequally yoked. And marriage is yoked. So he finds you equal with him or he wouldn't have married you. He didn't marry you out of pity and feeling sorry for you going, oh, I'll, I'll marry him. Just this isn't a movie like Pretty Woman where a rich, rich man finds a woman doing wrong things, comes in and marries her to bring her up out of that thing. This is him already seeing you in the state that your capability of being. Are you following me? He sees you equal with him. He's proud of you. He shows you off. You are his bride. He desires to manifest himself to us, to reveal himself, unveil himself, show us who he really is and what he's capable of doing. It's his desire, it's his longing. We've made it the commandments where we've lived and we've preached this and I've done this out of just not, not knowing. I preach it to all the things. If you don't do these things, then Jesus will reveal himself. The harder you try, the more he'll show himself to you. That's not what it says. The Old Testament was 10 of I, don't do's. The New Testament, Jesus says, love God, love people. You do these. 
all the other commandments were hung on those two. What's, what's he saying? He's saying, flip your switch in your head and come out of the old way of living and embrace a brand new way of living life. Quit trying not to, fear of condemnation. Recognize condemnation has been dealt with and now begin to do. If you're afraid, you'll be timid and timidity holds you back. So you have this, this struggle and strain that we're, 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 we're here. We're trying very difficult, we're trying very hard to live a life of not doing certain things. So we've relegated the, the experience with the Spirit and Christ himself by rules, regulations, what we know as commandments of the old, and we relegate it down to human performance and human effort. And then we begin to measure that as if God is measuring that, and then we're trying to please him based on performance when all we do is always come up short. God says, Hit, quit dealing with that and come over here and live in a place that I have prepared for you. I've prepared a place for you in the spirit that supersedes condemnation, that puts condemnation in its place, that puts guilt in its place. Come over here and live in the spirit out of relationship, and the relationship will help you live the life I've called you to live. You're not living a life I've called you to live to prove yourself to me. I prove myself to you so you can have that relationship. I don't know how to prove myself any more to you than I've already proven it. How much more can I give than my own life? I need you to believe me. Now when God created the heavens and earth, he created the physical realm, Genesis chapter one. The physical realm, the realm that you see and I see. You walk outside, look at the sky, you see it. You see the horizon, the firmament, you see it. You see the ground, you see it. It's all physical. The Bible says in Genesis chapter one, verse one, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, the physical realm. We live in that physical realm that we see. You were born into the earth in the physical realm, right? Ephesians chapter six says this. Do you have it? Wherefore, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual weakness in high places. This is known, and you'll see here in a minute what I tell you, is known as the spiritual one, the prince of this world, the wickedness in high places, the prince of the air. You're dealing with things in the second realm which is the second heaven. The first heaven is what you see with your physical eyes. The second heaven is what you don't see, but the, the demonic forces and all the, the, the mountains that are protected by these physical forces are all running at the second realm. They've already been cast out of heaven, right? They're in the second heaven, the second realm of battling for position for the earth. They don't have position in heaven so they have to squat on earth. And God wants heaven to be just like, earth to just be like heaven. 
But second heaven is ruling and reigning because they lie to us and we believe the lies of the second heaven. Paul said this, verse one. Children, wait, wait, where is it? That's not it. Next verse. That's not it either, that's a good one. Well, somebody need to hear that. Paul said this. Trust me, it's in there. Paul said, I was caught up into the third heaven. When a man is born into his, from his mother's womb, he's born into the first heaven. The second heaven is ruling and reigning, right? But when a man gets born again, he rises and comes from a different place. He goes from the first heaven to begin living in the third heaven. So your place of home is from the heavenly places where God dwells. Are you following me? You're never going to originate something in the first heaven and try to get it penetrated through the second heaven. You originate it from the third heaven, which is where God originates, because it's not by your might and it's not by your power in the first heaven. It's by God's spirit in the third heaven that penetrates through the second heaven. Are you, are you following me? Right. So what I'm saying to you is this. Your body is here, physically, in the, one he in heaven, in, in the first heaven. Sickness takes over your body. It takes you from head to toe. Something happens inside of you. The second heaven, the ruler of the second heaven, the prince of this air, which the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, tries to take out your first heaven. You can get treated with medical supplies and all the great things, and we should do all the things we should do in the first heaven. But there is a third heaven remedy for your problem. Amen. There is a, a remedy and a solution that we have access to in the third heaven, which is God's origin, that we can penetrate through all of this stuff. Right? Are you following me? We've got to come past what we see to what our hearts see, and our hearts should be seeing something not by sight, but by faith. Yeah. Sight works in the first heaven, faith works in the third. Yeah. Are you following me? Yeah, I don't need you to have faith to pray for you. If I have faith from the third heaven, I don't care where you're coming from.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we receive your truth. Yes. I was in my bedroom and I was being pestered by a spirit in my house. My fault. I allowed it to happen. Didn't know what to do with it. I called Bill Muncie. And I had my door closed in the bedroom. As I was talking to Bill, that thing entered into my bedroom through the door. <laughs> and I just involuntarily, by my spirit, my finger just lifted up and pointed to it. And then when I, Bill says it, it's there, isn't it? <laughs> Bill is out in Harvey Town. I live out in Spring Valley. Okay? <laughs> he knew from there that thing was in my room. When we both started speaking in tongues, it went into my closet. Hmm. He said, get up off the bed. And I went up over and got the bed, and I uh, confronted it. And I didn't see a thing. I just knew it was there. You could feel it. Okay? And it left. It hasn't been back. Wow. Yeah. Mm. My. Tell that. The one that you were, the, the uh, angels, by oh. your bed in Africa. Uh-huh. It's on. Uh, when me and my roommate Diana in Africa, one night, it was the final night, and the whole time during Africa had been so spiritually draining to the point that uh, on this Sunday, it was exhausted, complete exhaustion hit. And then that night... I found myself, because over there we had been doing so much spiritual warfare, just casting out demons, seeing people completely set free. But complete exhaustion hit me. And that night, uh, Diana was in the bed over beside of me. And about midnight, I went to bed, and then at midnight, the wind began to howl, and then there were dogs barking. And I woke up, and I saw Diana at the foot of the bed. And I raised up, and I said, Diana, are you okay? And she wouldn't answer me. And then all of a sudden, I looked over. Diana was in bed. And I looked, and the Holy Spirit said, commission your angels. And ever since I was tiny, I've always been told that I have angels follow me. I have two that are with me on both sides everywhere I go. So I looked at this form, and I laid back down, and I said it plainly like this, guys, I do not have the strength to handle that right now. You're just going to have to. You're going to have to take care of this. And instantly, I saw that thing dissipate completely. The howling stopped. The dog stopped barking. And I slept like a baby the rest of that night. Amen. Reminds me of a, 
a dream that Lisa had years ago. And we were in Ironton years ago. And um, she said I was, woke, I woke up, or in the dream I was awake, but I knew I was dreaming. And I was soaring up Fifth Street, if you guys know about anything about Ironton, through the residential neighborhood, through the city, through the residential neighborhood. And there were demonic houses, all kinds of crazy things happening in houses. And she said, as I was dry, going, just soaring over top of them, I would just point with my finger and pray, and they would just dissipate, just like that, as they were going. Just she had that dream a couple of times. Now, maybe you think of that when Mike said that, and I remembered her dream or her reality that she had. Now, this isn't all about about uh, being spooky or crazy or, or weird. It's not about that at all. But how many of you know cancer is spooky, crazy, and weird? Sugar diabetes that takes people's life is, is crazy, weird, and spooky. Right? Alzheimer's and dementia. Right? Okay? So it's not a matter of us trying to become euphoric in a dark world. It's about us raising up to take authority and being who we are that the dark forces bow to the name of Jesus. Because in that Philippians chapter two, it goes on to say, he found it not robbery to be equal with God. And then it goes on to say, about three verses later says, so that every tongue will confess, every knee will bow, that G in heaven, in the earth, and those things under the earth, that Jesus Christ is Lord. Are you hearing me? If, if somebody came up to you and talked about your wife or your husband or your children, I'm just telling you, you're going to be a fist fight. Amen. I'm not kidding you. Somebody going to come about you talk, talking bad about or infringe on your kids or in your friends on your family. You're going, you're going to throw down in the heavenly one. In the first heaven, it's about to go down, right? How much more should we be in tune that we're spiritually the bride married to Jesus the Christ as our groom and when something comes up against him to offend him, how much more should we come to defend? Defend the honor, defend the name. See, the disciples knew what they had. It took them a while to get it, just like it's taken us a while to get it. But we're getting it. Don't think for one minute we're not getting it. This thing's becoming a reality. You're becoming more in tune with things in the demonic. Man, you think the enemy is trying to help your kid? You know, I heard it said one time, I was actually part of this discussion and even a portrayal that the, the, the devil was in hell and he's in hell and he's ruling and reigning in hell and he's trying to get everybody to come with him because he's ruling and reigning and he can rule and reign. He ain't ruling and reigning in hell. He ain't king of nothing. Are you hearing me? If he can take your place, that's ruler enough for him. All he wants is your praise, your worship, and your testimony. 
He already knows his time is short. I read it last week. Did you come to, the, did you come to destroy us or torment us before our time? Leave us alone. See, they don't want unrested. Do you see who the new Billy Graham was? Kanye West. Right? But the spirit of that has caught the, the nation. Kim Clement was an incredible prophet. How many know Kim Clement? I've heard of him. Incredible prophet. Died a few years ago. The spirit of that prophecy is now coming on the, the, the body. I don't even feel like preaching. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest with you. I feel like just doing. I don't feel like starting a program to feed a bunch of people in the city because they're hungry, even though we'll feed a bunch of people if they're hungry. Right? I'm not interested in creating a homeless shelter for people that live out on the streets to come and live inside to keep warm in the cold weather, even though we might, we partner with the city mission. We might do that. Right? It's beyond all that. Yeah. We have got to not just try to feed, meet the need of just he, for the first heaven. Yes. If we are not the ones that are carrying the spirit of God, we are nothing more than a good social club that many people are better than us at. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Every one of you should prophesy. Every one of you should see the spirit of the Lord rising in your life. Every one of you should be able to hear the voice of God and know what to do with it. Every one of you should be able to put order in your house when you get tormented by something that doesn't belong there. Every one of you. There is a giant that's been asleep that, that looks like it's smaller and he's Raising up that, waking up that sleeping giant, and that's the church. And we're awake. We might still have some sleep in our eyes, some cobwebs in our mind, and we're shaking it off. But don't you think for one minute we didn't hit the snooze button this time? I'm telling you by the Spirit of the Lord, we are awake. We're stretching right now to get ourselves ready to get out of that bed. I hear the Lord saying right now, if you want to be able to prophesy, to hear the voice of the Lord and speak it forth, and you don't feel comfortable doing it, but you believe you can receive it by impartation, nobody's looking around, I want you to just stand to your feet. If you want the, the gift of prophecy, to be able to prophesy, just stand to your feet. I'll wait. Now with this impartation comes boldness and courage, not timidity and fear. Right. 
when you hear the voice of the Lord, you speak it forth. It's not a suggestion, wondering if the other person receives what you say, or if you, it even could be for you. Whatever the Lord tells you to do, you say and you do. So Father, in Jesus' name, I release into those people that are standing here today that's hearts and minds are open, that they shall prophesy, that they shall hear and speak, and speak and do. No second guessing. You will put them in relationships with other people that where iron can sharpen iron and they can be encouraged, they can be equipped, they'll be safe, and they'll speak it forth. Lord, I need this prophecy that we read about in the Bible, that's that gift of your spirit. You said it was not by might or not by power, it's by your spirit. And we know that the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. Yes. And if that's the truth and we believe it is, let it bypass and supersede every program that man can define and develop. Let it cut right through the spirit and the soul. Let it produce the fruit that you've called it to produce. Let it bring results and let it reveal Jesus and the heart of the Father as prophetic words begin to go forward. I wake up and I call to order those that have that gift to prophesy. And those, Lord, that don't yet know even what it means, I throw it at them, I toss it at them, and I provoke them to want it and desire it. The Lord says, try me, try me. Anyone that has been feeling like they've been tormented like Mike was talking about, that the Stephan encounter, the, the dream Lisa even, if you've been feeling like you have been tormented and you can't shake it, your mind is not at ease and your mind runs 100 miles an hour for, because of being a tor you just know there's something tormenting your spirit, I want you to stand to your feet. That spirit tells you you're gonna end bad, you're not gonna make it, you're the problem, you're the root, it antagonizes you, it's to bring fear, and you just shrivel up every time that thing comes at your mind. If that's you, I want you to stand to your feet. I bind and I cast yes. that lying spirit straight back to the place of hell that it belongs. You have no place, you're a liar, you come from the father of lies, and you have no place. I speak Christ, I speak peace, yes. and I say let the peace that rules from heaven rule in your heart and your mind. I release a peace that only comes from the Father. Peace. 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 Lord said, there's some people in here that, that are trying to figure out the next step 
what it looks like. And you've got it in your mind what it might be, but you don't know. And the Lord says, I want you to enter into rest right now. Just receive rest. How do I receive it? Believe it. Rocky, I see you sitting there. Stand up for me. The Lord told me to tell you, you, do not do what everybody else is doing and try to do it better than them. You have an apostolic call on your life to combat the mountain of addiction. It's an apostolic call that God raised it up. Even when you were in a telephone booth selling drugs, God knew where you were going to be. And he said, don't you try to repeat what they're doing or make, do it better than them. He said he wants you to get before him because he has a a plan, a blueprint that's straight from his heart that he wants to reveal to you. He wants to give it to you. And he wants to give it to you so you can release it and help countless people. It won't look like what you think, but it'll be fresh, it'll be full of grace, and it would directly cause that mountain to come down as a plane. Annie, I just, your hands are lifted out, your hands are out here. What I see, I see fire coming out of the fingertips of your fingers, of your hands. And you have a gift of healing. Yeah. The Lord gave you that gift of healing. It's not a gift that he has taken back. He said he wants you to put it into use and practice. He said he didn't want you to pray for just a few He wants you to pray for multitudes of people. Multitudes of people. Hundreds and thousands of people. He said, when the thought comes to your mind that that person might need prayer, speak it forth and then pray. No more timidity. No more trying to follow somebody else's shadow. I'm not sure. I'm not sure who you are back there in the back. I don't know that I've ever met you all. Have I ever met you? I didn't think I have. I just see over top of you that the, is this your first time here? You've been here a couple of weeks? Have you ever, is this your first time? It's your first time? <laughs> Jesus, he always, why does he do this? I really would like to be a seeker sensitive church so you would like us and keep coming back. But I've got to say this to you. The Lord I see, uh, this is gonna sound weird. We're not real weird people, really, we're not. Let me just make a disclaimer. I hate when he does this, to be honest with you. I love you, Lord, but dear God. 
just want to be, this is sensible. I see a halo above your head right there. And I'm telling you, you, yes, you, the one that says, is that for me? It's for you. I see a halo. The Lord said, have you been, a, you're a matriarch? You're someone that holds the glue together. You're the glue that holds everything together. And, and you kind of, as, as a peacemaker, you like to keep peace with everybody and everybody talks to you and you hear them and you kind of understand. And the Lord says, because you have a sensitive ear to hear, those people trust you. So as the people trust you, the Lord says, he trusts you even more. So you're going to go through an incredible promotion in your life where the Lord is going to begin to speak to you in greater measure. And you're going to begin rising up and speaking solutions into people's lives that you know have issues and have hard times. And God said he's gonna use you for this time. He says you're not, you never had schooling for it, you never had qualifications for it, but this, the Holy Spirit's gonna be your teacher. He said he wants you just to ask him in fellowship with him every day, who do I minister to now? How do I do it? And the Lord said he'll give you step-by-step -step instruction as you go forward. He said all those past hurts and pains that you had gone through in years gone by, the Lord says all those things have made you give your heart compassion for people. And the Lord's gonna raise you up bigger than you ever know. You'll look back on this moment right here and remember as a defining time in your life where the Lord's voice becomes so clear and loud to you that your life will never be the same. Eric, come up here for a second. Just stand right here for me. You're big enough. You're tall enough. Lift your hands. You feel that? You know that voice that lies to you? I mute that voice right now. And I deafen your ears to not be able to hear that voice. God gave you a heart of gold. Your heart is tender. You're compassionate. Your presence just even carries compassion. And the enemy would love nothing more to get you all confused. But from this day forward, there is no confusion. He knows how bright you are. He knows how much progress you've made and where you're headed in life. There's so many great things that are happening for you. No more 
No more. He's off limits. The rest of you stand for me too. How many of you have felt the presence of the Lord today? 